Today's podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Practice Evolution Prime. Practice Evolution Prime was created to bridge the gap from school to success. You can be successful, you should be successful, and being successful takes work. You have to gain the skills and foundation to be the sought-after family chiropractor, and our goal is to create extraordinary family chiropractors. This program is not easy. It will challenge you, it will push you. We choose to only work with doctors and students who are teachable, principled, and willing to work hard to improve their skills, practice, and their lives. If you are interested in learning more about this program and to apply, or if you are a patient looking for a PEP Prime doctor, visit our website, pepprime.com. That's pepprime.com, or call the Practice Evolution Program at 801-281-1646. Hey everyone, and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. Today, guys, we have Dr. Wendy Rogers, my colleague, my friend, um, and an excellent chiropractor uh, out on the East Coast. Dr. Wendy graduated from New York Chiropractic College in April of 1996. After graduation, she associated with two different offices. And then in September of 1999, she opened her own practice in Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey, which is in Bergen County, about 30 miles west of New York City. She began the International Chiropractors Association Pediatric Council Diplomate Program in 2005. After 360-plus hours, multiple written exams, and a board exam, she received a Diplomate in Clinical Chiropractic Pediatrics from the ICA Pediatric Council in December of 2008. Her practice is primarily pediatric and prenatal, but are not limited to that just because she loves caring for the entire family. She's married with three children, two of which were born at home. The third was a hospital birth uh, with only her husband and midwife. Her children were adjusted just minutes after they were born, and chiropractic is a lifestyle for her family, as it is with my family, as it is with all of the families that we talk about on the podcast and we work with. Dr. Wendy, thanks so much for taking your... uh, early Thursday morning to be with us. We really appreciate it. Um, so I, I got to give you guys a little bit of background. Um, Dr. Wendy and I, uh, we work together with, uh, the same, uh, practice management consultant, uh, first Dr. Ogie Russell, uh, who was on our second episode of the podcast and now Dr. Christina Stitcher, who was on the third episode of the podcast, both amazing pediatric doctors. Um, and I wanted to have Wendy on the podcast because, her practice uh, is is very very similar to mine. Um, she's she's been doing this obviously for uh, you know a lot longer than I have, uh, which makes her much more of an expert. Um, but she also has a little bit of a, a different um, uh, uh, set of experience, uh, set of skills, um, because she trained predominantly with the International Chiropractors Association uh, as opposed to the International Chiropractic Pediatrics Association to get her pediatric training. Um, Dr. Wendy. Um, Let's let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit about your experience in chiropractic. Uh, talk about what your office looks like and some of the patients that you see, and then we'll move on from there. Okay. Absolutely. So, my office um, 
is family-based. When you walk in, there's a play area right off in the corner. We have we're on a we're in a storefront, so we're on a main road, and um, you know we have all the toys right up there in the front window, and and people walking by can look in and see. Actually, we've had people come in and ask if we're a daycare facility or what we are because of the toys sitting there. Um, and we just try to make it kid friendly. You know, we, we really, when I, when I created the office, I tried to just really make it, make kids comfortable there because I, I don't want them to be scared by anything. You know, I didn't want it to medical looking or, you know, you know, anything to remind them of that stuff because they don't, they don't enjoy going there. I wanted mm. them to enjoy coming to the office. Hmm. Yeah, um, you're you're the fourth chiropractor I've had on my podcast who's described your practice as a daycare, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm laughing. I'm trying really hard not to cough into my uh, my sneeze guard on my microphone because, you know, last night um, I put in a 12 hour day in my office because Wednesdays every second and fourth Wednesday we do our special appointment, which I know you do in your office, which is a new patient workshop. And, um, we had a pretty busy month the, uh, the end of February and the beginning of March. And so, um, you know, I booked out, uh, tons of families, uh, between five thirty and six o'clock. We start our special appointment at six o'clock. And so we had like 15 kids running around inside my office and I was tripping over everything, toys all over the place, just parents talking to each other, minding their own business, you know, kids, you know, going behind my front desk because they know where all the stickers are, you know, talking to Miss Shireen, who's my, my chiropractic assistant, you know, in the afternoons. And it was just like, it was controlled chaos. Right. And I love it. That's the way we do it. Right. I know that's the way your practice is. Right. When people come through the door the first time, especially one of my new families that came in that brought, uh, five of their children with them for my special appointment. Uh, they're looking around going, what did I just step into? Right. Cause it does look like daycare. You know, my practice has huge windows that look out into uh, the main drag in Grover. Um, all my pediatric tables and toys and everything are right there. And uh, it looks, it looks like an unsupervised daycare actually in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, but you're right. We do that by design. Because we want chiropractic kids to spend time with other chiropractic kids. We want to normalize chiropractic care. We want people to realize when they're walking by or driving by that this is just a lifestyle, right? Um, I know you do that with your family, for sure. I know you provide that standard of care for your own children. Um, talk a little bit about the types of things that you see in your practice first, and then talk a little bit about you know how your children have been raised under that chiropractic model, if you wouldn't mind. Um, so... You know, we see everything from newborns um, whose mother have been adjusted, you know, through their pregnancy and, you know, they just understood it and they want their child checked right after birth, um, all the way to, you know, kids who are, who have problems like constipation or uh, failure to thrive or nursing issues, um, you know, ADHD you know, anything really, ear infections. Um, and then of course we, I don't just limit it to the kids. I mean, we like to see the whole family. So if the kids are, there's been a lot of times though where the kid has actually started first mm -hmm. and then the parents start after that, which mm -hmm. was pretty, I, at first I didn't understand it, but then after a while I took that as a huge compliment because I don't know that I'd want to just try somebody out unless I really trusted them, right. you know, uh, for my child before, I get adjusted. Sure. So I took that as a huge compliment. Um, 
And then, I mean, all three of my children have been adjusted since birth. Two of them were home birth and uh, were adjusted right there, right after they were born. And it's really, it's really just a way of life for us. You know, my kids know that they need to get checked regularly. And I have to say that this, this kind of evolved over time for me as well. You know, when I first started out uh, in practice, I think I kind of, I kind of took it all for granted. You know, like I associated for a while and um, I worked for a high volume, my second associateship was with a high volume practitioner, family based. It was great. It was exactly what I wanted. Um, but I don't know. I, I came out of there, I think, not, not getting a huge value of the adjustment. And mm-hmm. over time, that really evolved after starting to see kids and taking care of kids and seeing, you know, what was happening with them in my office. Um, I really started to value it a lot more. And then I started checking my kids more often too. You know, mm-hmm. there was times where maybe they were, if they would get a cold, I would only check them, you know, every other day or something. But now, if they get a cold or if they're fighting something off or if they're just run out or whatever, I'm checking them three, four times a day, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that their body is doing what it needs to do to to adapt to that. You know, you just opened up a door, Wendy, and I'm glad you went down this this. Um, <laughs> this path because, uh, you know, after talking to Dr. Ogie and Dr. Christina early on in the life of the podcast, um, we've taken a bit of a break from talking to other, uh, PEP docs. And for, for you parents that are listening, um, practice evolution is an infrastructure, uh, case management consulting firm that was set up, uh, specifically to work with docs, um, to raise the bar. Right. I mean, when we see kids, um, we're not interested in towing the line. We're interested in 100% results-driven care. And Dr. Wendy is one of those docs. And, you know, those of us who do this type of work, um, Wendy is talking about how she was, you know, she tends to see some pretty sick kids, as, as do I. Um, as you guys know who listen regularly, you know, that's my practice. I see a lot of very complex cases uh, by design. Um, but she's 100% right. Um in the in in the traditional sense, you know, when most people bring their children to see a chiropractor, um, it's just kind of the thing to do. And so there's not really a lot of case management. There's not a lot of um, a lot of continuity of care. You know, just bring the kid in when you feel like it. You know, and we talked about this before with Denise at Weber. You know, like a lot of chiropractors see kids for free just because it's a thing to do. Um, but there's no follow up, right? What we talk about, um, and again, this is really important for parents to listen to and understand, is that when you bring your child to a chiropractor, you should expect results. Absolutely every single time. And if you're not, it means there's something that's missing. Chiropractic care works extremely well uh, when applied the way that it's supposed to. And, you know, what Dr. Wendy said about checking, you know, her kids when they're sick or they're a little under the weather, not necessarily adjusting, but checking to see if there's subluxation or misalignment or something that's contributing to interference to that normal transmission of neurological information from the brain down and uh, from the body back up. Um, We just want to make sure that there's perfection there, right? Misalignments occur regularly as a result of trauma, falls, accidents, bad posture, stress, environmental toxicity. Chiropractors are there just to ensure that the environment that accidents and falls don't contribute to long-standing problems, right? I'm the same way with my daughter, Wendy, right? I check her all the time, right? If necessary, I check her daily or twice a day. 
just to make sure that she's able to maintain those habits if something goes a little sideways. It's very important. That's the crux of chiropractic care. But we don't want our patients to rely on chiropractors indefinitely if we can avoid it, right? I mean, we check our regular patients after we've corrected problems, you know, every once in a while, every couple of weeks or so, just to make sure they have that for their lifetimes. But um, we want them to hold adjustments, right? We want them to be clear. That's the point, right? Right. Yeah, I um I think parents need to understand that, and it's and that's our, our our goal. That's where the miraculous results that parents are hearing about um, come from, right? It's that alacrity, it's that due diligence. Um, so when a parent comes into your office, Wendy, and brings their child, because they usually bring their children first, no doubt. It's the same way in my office. They come in and they ask whether or not we see adults, also, which is funny. Um, <laughs> But uh, how's that process work for you? You know, what's what's you know what happens when they walk through the door through say you know like day four? So of course we start out you know with a, a complete exam history all that stuff, um, and it's just always for me it's always reinforcing with the parents. Um, you know, what chiropractic is, why it's important uh, for the kids and, you know, why they're getting checked regularly. You know, each each child in my office is on some kind of care plan, mm-hmm. even if it's even if it's just wellness. You yeah. know, if they if they're started from birth and, um, you know, they're breastfed and they they don't have a lot of environmental stresses on them, then they don't have to get checked quite as often. But, mm. you know, they're they're all on care plans and they all it's a requirement that they all need to, you know, be checked regularly. Um, so it's important, I think, with with the parents with children that have problems, um, that they're just constantly being educated and and cared for and, and just talked to. Like, as a mom myself, I know that I just want, when I go to somebody, I just want them to talk to me like a human being, not hmm. not as a you know, stuffy professional that's going to give me, you know, big words or, or blow me off, mm. you know? So if these parents have concerns, then I want to take the time to talk to them. And if I can't do it during the adjusting time, then we absolutely set a separate time where I can sit and talk to their concerns. Mm. Yeah. Uh, man, talking, talking to parents like human beings, man, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so difficult. I don't know how it is out in, in Woodcliffe, but in, in Grover is really, really tough. Because our parents come to chiropractors because they want alternative opinions, right, about a lot of this stuff. And parents are starting to wake up to the concept that maybe allopathic medicine, Western medicine, doesn't have all the answers, right? It's been a long time coming, but we know that medical errors contribute to a lot of problems, right? We know that overutilization of things like antibiotics are creating a huge rise in antibiotic resistance. Um, we know an increase in cesarean deliveries is creating all sorts of birth trauma or we're creating dysbiosis or leaky gut or bacterial um, uh, normal bacterial flora problems in young kids, digestive issues, right? We know that a lot of those things are being are contributing to some of the cognitive delays that we're seeing. So we have this uptake in morbidity in young children, moms and dads. And I think parents are getting tired of it, right? And I'm, I'm not here to slam medicine, right? Because God knows, you know, within the next 10 years, my shoulder is going to explode because of the patients that I'm adjusting. And I'm going to need a good orthopedist to help me through that process for sure. I know it. I've made peace with it, right? My body is limited by years and years of injuries. It can only so recover from so much. But that prevention 
that health development piece has been missing for so long, and finally we're getting critical mass where parents are like, we need something else. The problem is they go to the pediatrician most of the time, not all the time, but they go to the pediatrician. The pediatrician, um, in my experience, shames the parent into looking outside of Western medicine. Right? I've had a lot of experiences with doctors who, you know, parents said, hey, we're going to go to the chiropractor because we want our kids to get checked because, you know, as you know, in your, in your practice too, you know, you have a lot of parents who are telling other parents to come and see you. Um, the pediatricians are shaming them saying, that's ridiculous. Don't go see the chiropractor. Just stick with me. You know, I'll be okay. Um, but the problem is they're not getting the answers that they need, right? And moms aren't dumb. Moms know, right? You know, as well as I do, right? That, you know, moms have a sense about whether or not things are right or wrong with their kids. Right. Yeah. And so when you talk to them, um, you know, it's, it's about, it's about acknowledging, it's about acknowledging their concerns. It's about acknowledging their, their, their triumphs with their children, Right. It's about setting that bar, uh, that playing field at a level um, that, you know, where you can guys, you guys can speak uh, in languages that you both understand, right? I mean, I constantly, and again, this is not, not about blowing up my ego, but I constantly will hear from parents in my office saying, thank you for taking the time to listen to me, right? Mm-hmm. Why are chiropractors different in that regard, do you think, Wendy? Um, I, I think... I mean, chiropractic is so great that we can connect with patients on a totally different level than medical doctors or I feel any other healthcare professional can. I mean, maybe, I don't know, I had midwives that, you know, were, were so caring and so so loving and, and I felt, you know, a great connection to them. But I just feel like as a chiropractor, I, I don't know if it's just because we understand innate better and that, that, you know, inborn intelligence that we have and that connection that we have. But I I just feel like it's different. Like I, and that's how I know when I'm doing a good job in my office as well, that when I innately connect to these patients and I don't even know how to describe it, there's just this connection that we get both emotionally, intellectually, and as well with the adjustment. And it's, it's just huge. And I, and that's when we get the best results. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a really, really good point. And so, you know, in the podcast, we haven't really talked about innate intelligence yet. And, you know, when I first came through chiropractic college, uh, I graduated from Los Angeles college of chiropractic in 2010. Right. Um, I know you graduated from NYCC. There wasn't a huge, there wasn't a huge emphasis on digging into the traditional chiropractic principle and the chiropractic philosophy, okay. which is separate and distinct from medical philosophy. It's based on the the concepts and the precepts of vitalism, right? Which is that your body has an inborn wisdom um, that always works towards righting the ship, right? Your body works towards health 100% of the time, right? And I mean, it's it's about... It's about taking in maybe some environmental toxicity, you know, having an accident or fall, and then your body adapts the best it can, right? If we were built to fall apart, um, we'd be in real trouble, right? But we, as human beings, have evolved over, you know, generations to constantly strive for survival. And survival means that we're efficient, right? We're efficient in kicking out bad stuff and efficient at incorporating good stuff, right? You brought up a couple of points in this last uh, segment about connecting to our patients and connecting to their innate wisdom and their ability to be able to stay healthy, right? And I think there's a couple of things that contribute to that. Number one, we listen. That's a big thing. We listen and acknowledge 
starting from the premise that these patients, these children, especially little babies, are doing this so much better than most adults are, right? Little babies have, especially newborns, right? They have three programs that they need to fulfill. Those three programs are to sleep, to poop, and to eat. And by and large, most babies do this perfectly, right? Right. Adults, not so much, right? And especially adults who've been sick for a really, really long time because they've moved away from that innate internal biological healing directive, right? But the other thing, and I I want you to talk about this directly because um, I know this is something you see in your office. The other thing is that we touch our patients, right? We touch them. We have to in order to determine tonal differences, in order to locate vertebral subluxations or misalignments in the spine, Um, even just to give them a hug, right? Chiropractors are different. We're a little quirky in that regard because we hug all of our patients, right? Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about that touch and how that changes the dynamic in your practice. Um, well, I just think it makes it more personable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as chiropractor, I look at the body and the, if you want to call it the spirit, as, you know, a whole thing. You know, it's, it's just all there. And, and the touching just allows... Um, that connection to happen. At least for me, it does. Mm -hmm. I don't know that every chiropractor experiences the same thing, but for me, if I'm, if I'm just really focused on that patient and just really in tune to, you know, them at that moment, it's just amazing what can happen. I mean, I've been able to just sense, you know, what's going on with them and, and I can kind of relate it to being a mom, you know, a mom with a baby or a child, she knows, like, if that child, if something is off with that child, probably before, I know in my household at least, more, more, most likely before the dad knows. You know, mm-hmm. I'll say something like, uh, something's not right with him. He's, he's fighting off something. I think he might be getting sick. My husband's like, you're crazy. There's nothing wrong with him. But sure enough, like, a day or two later, you know, he might not be 100%. So mm-hmm. that's what I can relate it to, really, that, you know, other parents can understand it. Yeah, moms especially. <laughs> I'm laughing because, and I'm sure, again, you'll appreciate this, you know, but Britt, um, she's got that mom hearing, you know? Um, yeah. I will sleep through, you know, a yeah. 7.5 magnitude earthquake, but, you know, Fern wakes up in the middle of the night, um, you know, she, she rolls over in bed and she's downstairs, you know, in her house. Like, Britt will just sit up and run downstairs and see what's going on, you know? I'm like, how how is that possible? How do you do that? Well... She's innately tuned to the kiddo in a way that I'm I'm not. Um, I, I think I think you're you're definitely you know you're you're tapping on something that I mean it needs to be addressed you know in our healthcare healthcare culture you know for for those of you guys who are listening outside the United States and I know there's a, a good handful of you you know we're we're going through a pretty pretty tumultuous time in our, in our healthcare economy right now um, the Affordable Care Act. Um, Provided a lot of insurance, a lot of insurance access and healthcare access to a lot of people that just did not have access to healthcare before. Um, it's, it's as we speak right now, which is March 9th, two thousand seventeen. There are um, some rumblings that uh, that act will be repealed and replaced, and the alternatives do not look good. Um, but the fact is, and I was having an interesting dialogue with uh, with a family member a couple days ago about this, who's on Medicare a little bit older, uh, is, is not so much that we don't have access to primary care. It's that we overutilize the wrong types of care, right? Um, and we can go into a little bit more, more detail if you'd like about this, Wendy, but I think, I think there's a problem, um, that, that is, 
that the chiropractic can fix, right? Um, we spend too much time reacting to problems, right? We put a huge emphasis on prevention in modern healthcare, but really it's just secondary prevention. It's identifying problems once they've already occurred, as opposed to let's get on top of things proactively, going all the way back to the first podcast I recorded with Dr. Stanton, Stanton Hom. He calls this centropic care. It's about identifying little molehills and correcting them before they become mountains. Chiropractic care in a nutshell is about that. If we can, as a healthcare community, I'm not just talking about chiropractors, but medical doctors, osteopaths, naturopaths, even allied healthcare workers like midwives, even doulas, if we can put an emphasis on that type of primary prevention, not only will healthcare become more accessible, but it'll become way, 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 way cheaper, right? Chiropractic uh, in my office, um, at, at first glance, can be somewhat expensive, but nowhere near as expensive as spine surgery would become, right? Right. The reason we check young babies within three days in my office, it's a policy when I have a mom under care, is because we're looking for those subtle changes and correcting them right off the bat so they do not become a problem out of control. And by and large, chiropractic kids tend to be healthier. They tend to be a little brighter. They tend to not have to exhibit the same types of symptomatic changes that most other kids do. And in most chiropractic offices, while we're not here in any way, shape, or form to treat symptoms or conditions, we do see less incidence of things like asthma. We tend to see less incidence of colic and constipation and digestive distress. We tend to see less incidence of ear infections. Because I see a lot of sensory kids, we tend to see less incidence of uh, cognitive delay because we identify the underlying causes much more quickly, right? Um, Wendy, with your kids, the two children that were born at home, um, you said that you adjusted them or you checked and adjusted them right at the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. can, you, can you tell us a little bit how that, how that works? Because I know a lot of patients, um, even in my office, you know, when I see older kids, like they still kind of don't know what it looks like to, to check and adjust a fresh newborn, right? Um, talk about that experience. So my daughter, who's my first child, um, was born at home and I was just so, you know, it was my first and I was a chiropractor and I was going to do it all natural and have a home birth with a midwife. And my husband was all for it because he, he said, you know, you're the one doing it. So I'm not going to, you know, force you into something you're not comfortable with, which was great. Um, so after she was born, I swear I felt like I just ran a marathon, like not exhausted and beat up. Like I had so much adrenaline and energy flowing. Mm. I remember actually talking to my dad on the phone and he goes, you don't sound like you just had a baby. I'm like, she's amazing. You have to see this. This is amazing. So I was just so like amazed by the whole process. But she, um, I mean, it wasn't terribly long considering some labors. She was just under 10 hours. Um, but uh, but it was it, it seemed it seemed a little difficult. Like it seemed like she was, at one point she wasn't progressing. She was kind of stuck in the birth canal. I don't know what was going on, whether it was the position I was in or whatever. But um, you know, when she was born, they put her on me, and um, she crawled up actually to start breastfeeding on her own. Mm. And then um, shortly after that, I held her in my arms and just with my pinky, you know, just checked and, and felt if there was anything that felt like it wasn't moving properly or any, anything that just didn't feel right. And again, this, 
at that level, it's just kind of was more of an innate thing than, than, you know, anything that I ever learned in school to do. Right. Um, but it was, it was extremely gentle and she just needed one little adjustment and she was great. Huh. Yeah. And it wasn't because there was anything wrong. It's just because it's the thing to do. Right. Yeah. There's that right. health development piece, you know, that we talked about before baby born at home under perfect circumstances, nothing wrong. There still might be a misalignment or a subluxation there, and we correct it right off the bat before it becomes something that snowballs out of control, right? Um, I think I think that's that's a tough nut to crack for a lot of moms, right? Because moms still, especially crunchy moms, right? Like you know, yeah. moms that are more alternatively minded try to stay away from the doctor, try to create you know culture right. of self care, right? And and so a lot of the time, you know, even these moms will look at chiropractic as we only go to the chiropractor when there's something wrong, yep. and in reality. Um, the best way to support that type of lifestyle is to make sure that these kids are under chiropractic care from the very, very get-go. Um, I, I think, who was I talking to about this? I feel like I was having a conversation with one of my really long-time amazing uh, patients uh, in my practice a couple of days ago. Um, but um, I can't remember who it was. Anyway, you know, talking about that health development piece, um, getting moms to understand that, uh, that chiropractic care is just part of that regular lifestyle. Um, one of the things I talk about, you know, I do this during my special appointment, which is my new patient workshop. Oh, that's where it was. It was at my new patient workshop. We talk about how number one, if it was easy to be healthy, everybody would do it. Right. We wouldn't have such high incidence of cesarean section in this in this uh, culture. We wouldn't have uh, the top three causes of death being heart disease, stroke, and cancer. We would not have such a high incidence of medical errors causing morbidity and mortality. Um, but the other thing is that it takes a lot more effort, a lot more time, and a lot more money this generation to be healthy than it does to be sick, right? Yeah. Because... Even and, and again, this is this brings up the healthcare economy problem that we're dealing with with the Affordable Care Act and Medicaid and Medicare. Right? It is so much easier to essentially be poor and have access to state-sponsored healthcare and cheap food, which is you know generally genetically modified and has a bunch of other you know emulsifiers and garbage like you know high fructose corn syrup, domesticated grains, you name it. Um, than it is to go to uh, the chiropractor to have a midwife assisted birth uh, to have a um, to have clean fruits and vegetables from like say the farmers market locally or have a CSA um, to get grain free grass finished or grass fed uh, beef um, if you're not a vegetarian like all that other stuff it's so it takes so much more effort right yeah. Um, but but I think the take home message for for our parents here is that that's why chiropractors exist that's why we exist. Um, I, I look at myself as kind of like a coach in a lot of ways, right? I, am, I, I want to help yeah. lead my patients towards that path so that they don't get overwhelmed. The adjustment in and of itself is very, very important. But again, we talked about this, I think, in our pre-chat, Wendy. The most important thing for our patients is to stay clear, to stay clear, right. to not need us, right? That's when the miraculous stuff happens, right? People, they come into our practices because they want to be a part of a tribe, of other healthy people. And, you know, if there's one thing that I can, I can really just set in stone for folks who are listening, who are not under chiropractic care is that is the probably most, uh, most important benefit uh, of being under chiropractic care. It's, it's that sort of, um, that, uh, sort of combined effect, 
right? That goes into being a chiropractic patient, right? When you're around other health people all the time, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? But when you're around right. sick people all the time, especially when it's, you know, related to bad food or bad decisions or whatever, right? Trauma, um, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy as well. I'm sure you yeah. agree with that. Yeah, Wendy? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's, that's become one of my biggest um, purposes or missions in practice as well is to educate people and let them know what their body is capable of doing, like functioning and what normal is and how it's able to heal itself. I feel like we've just gotten so far away from that. You know, I mean, you know, our grand, my grandparents, my great grandparents, they were all like, you know, they knew how to treat things. They knew how to take care of things. They, their kids had a cold, whatever you let them just run it out, you know, Mm. fight their body, Mm. fight it on its own. But it's gotten so far away from that. And I feel like, you know, it's, everybody's always looking for some kind of intervention or quick fix. And it's really become a big deal to me to let everybody know that that's not the way it is. Right. You know, like your body is able to do this. And, I, and I'd and i love to see the pendulum swing back that way again. Totally. Yeah, that was another thing we talked about at the, at the uh, special appointment I did last night, too. And it hadn't come up before, but I was really glad that it did, um, is that, you know, it the decisions that we're making right now and the decisions that our parents made and our grandparents made are affecting our children's genetics. Um, and we're seeing again, this, this, this critical mass of, of genetic mutation now, which is playing a role in how our children are raised, right? Everything from immunological problems to neurological problems to even just acculturation problems, right? I mean, I was reading an article from maybe, man, like almost 10 years ago, right? Where uh, researchers were looking at things like screen time affecting long-term cognitive ability in young children um, that affects the genetics, which will be passed on to the genetics of their children and their grandchildren, um, and we can see the snowball that's very quickly running out of control again. And I'm not, I'm not intending to make this all doom and gloom, but one of, my, one of the things that I constantly remind my patients and all the other doctors that I work with is let's not be in denial about the choices that we're making. Let's right. look at them objectively and let's see what the results are, right? This is, this is the scientific method. And if we identify now that there are some big genetic issues that are starting to play out over the course of years and years and years of living in disharmony with our environment – Let's do something to change it, right? Our children and our grandchildren will be sicker than we were, right? Yeah. And if we and don't, I believe not as well educated because totally there there's so many problems, um, you know, just cognitively with them. Totally, totally. And and so let's do something about it. Let's stop it right now, right? I mean, I I am a chiropractor the way that I'm a chiropractor because my family will be different, right? We will not be dependent on meds. We will not be dependent on garbage food. We will not be dependent on environmental, uh, environmentally tainted uh, products you know, that we bring into our home. We're going to be a little bit different, and we're going to set the bar so that other kids in the future can start to be healthier than, uh, than our kids and ourselves, right? We're changing the momentum, right? I, you know, the, the mission of the podcast is to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. And that's what chiropractors do in spades, right? Chiropractors like Dr. Wendy, chiropractors like myself, every single chiropractor that has been on this podcast, that's why 
we do what we do. And consequently, that's why we sound like raving lunatics when we talk in public, because <laughs> a lot of the time, you know, we're, we're bringing this, this message and this mission to the public, and we feel like we're standing in a crowded room full of, uh, you know, thousands of people yelling fire and nobody's paying attention, right? We're just continually kind of putting these things on the back burner. We're over-medicating our kids, or we're kind of putting this chemical straitjacket around them so that we don't have to deal with the symptoms. In reality, we should be looking at these as warning signs to say, okay, we got to make a big change, right? Um, you know, one of the best the best examples of this, you know, and I, I think we'll put an end cap on the cast um, after this, but the best example is with things like ADD and ADHD. You yeah. know? And we see a ton of these in our practice. One out of every four high school age kids is on Ritalin right now. Right, twenty five percent. It was published in like the New York Times maybe two or three years ago. So that statistic has probably changed a little bit. Okay, I'm sure. Right, this this is scary. It's really really scary because we know that the diagnosis criteria for ADHD is tenuous at best, written out in the DSM five. Um, a lot of it is just based on questionnaires. Right, it's based on you know school educators basically checking off boxes for certain behavioral traits with kids, and so some of the diagnoses themselves are probably not accurate. But we also know that there's some neurological things that go into certain ADHD kids um but instead of investigating what's causing these things you know we just assume that it's just the kid's broken right so we put him in a chemical straitjacket we calm his behavior down without fixing the underlying problem right and the long-standing effects of long-term ritalin use are well documented and they're not good they're not good so if we if we can look at the objective uh causes of some of these things right help our children uh, you know, better understand kind of how their bodies are supposed to work, right? Maybe if we see a kiddo that has signs of attention deficit issues or hyperactivity, maybe identify what some of those causes are. Perhaps sitting in school for seven or eight hours a day are part of the problem, right? Um, right. We take steps to reverse that, right? Kids under chiropractic care, especially if they have symptoms of, of attention deficit problems or hyperactivity, they do really well because we restore at least in small part, the neurological directive that helps them, you know, kind of be comfortable in their own skin. Right. right. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause I know a lot of parents who are listening, you know, they know other parents in their communities, right. That are having issues with this. They're struggling and they're looking for like that one silver bullet to help their children. Right. And there's no one silver bullet. Like it's all encompassing, right. It's removing garbage right. so that they can stay healthy. Okay. So, guys, um, we'll leave you with that. Uh, Dr. Wendy, thank you so much for being part of our podcast. Uh, love and appreciate you. I'm really glad that you're able to, to have the time to be here. Um, and I will see you uh, in April um, for our, our next, uh, next uh, case management consulting meeting um, with Practice Evolution in Salt Lake City. Guys, if you, uh, if you like this content, um, by all means, please share it with a friend, share it with a skeptical neighbor. Uh, if you're a patient, share it with your doctor, right? If you're a chiropractor, share it with your patients, right? Spread this word so that we can help normalize chiropractic together and make sure that every single child has access to this type of care so that we can start to shift the momentum and change the trajectory of modern healthcare. Share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter. Use the hashtag normalize chiropractic. Together, we'll change the world. Guys, thank you so much. We will see you next week. Take care. Thank you.